Good evening and welcome to episode 88 of the Racing Line podcast. It's just Joey here this week, guys, to discuss I think what I think is the best weekend of supercars racing we've had up to date this year at the Ben Motorsport Park in South Australia. I mean, what? where to begin other than the absolute dominance displayed by Brody Kostecki this weekend? Three wins out of three races. You know, after returning this week from Indianapolis with SVG, I reckon most of his competitors would have hoped he had stayed, you know, back in Indiana because the demolition that he displayed this weekend really solidified himself as the man to catch in the championship hunt. But it was also compounded by the fact that the three closest rivals of him, SVG, Brockfini, and Will Brown, in you know, in some different ways, all had lackluster weekends to say the least. And in the case of Will Brown and in some ways Brockfini as well, weekends to forget. Um all through, none of those three even got a podium in the three races uh, this weekend. And for Will Brown himself, I think there was one race he didn't finish. I think the race yesterday on the Sunday afternoon, he finished 14th and that was all due to his own mistake. Um in really what was a week that was the Will Brown show leading up to the race weekend. He himself, he said he had, he had been feeling confident and was feeling ready to race. Um, and in the first race, in quali- I think it started in qualifying. To be honest, he just didn't put together a great qualifying session in any of the three qualifying sessions, and that put him in the back of the field in most of the races. Uh, in the first race, he was taken out, I think, corner three, and um, his weekend didn't get much better going from there. And in what was an interesting week, it was announced, like I said earlier, that he was going to be moving to Triple Eight Racing. It was also confirmed within hours that Jack LeBrock would be taking his spot. And that has sort of kicked off somewhat of a silly season heading, you know, after this round towards what I would su- suspect would be a few more we'd hear before Sandown. Um, this morning it was confirmed that Davy Reynolds would not be um, re-signed at Penrite Racing, which is Grove Racing, and uh, Nick Perkett would not be continuing at Walk and Draw and Ready United either. Um, it was then quickly followed up with the fact that, uh, uh, sorry, Richie Sanaway would be picking up the drive that was vacated by Davy Reynolds, putting another Kiwi back on the grid, which is awesome for the championship and another point that we'll get to um, later on as well. Uh, and that was, I think, what I thought would be the end of the surprises. It was also revealed that the championship will be returning back to New Zealand in 2024 to a new venue, one that I had never heard of before, could, and tell me if I'm saying this wrong, Tapo Taupo Motorsport Park, which is on the North Island. And from watching a bit of footage and just seeing some uh, flybys of the track and this and the um, amenities there, it is an awesome looking track. Um, it is a place that the championship has really missed going to this year, and I think we're all we, as a as a championship is going to be better off for it next year. It also looks like a real destination sort of place to go. There's a lot of uh, other activities in the general vicinity of the motorsport park, uh, which is awesome for 
people coming from around New Zealand, but also people coming from across across the ditch, I suppose. And there was some the last bit of big news over the weekend was oh this was actually last week was the fact that the Sahin brothers who are the uh, owners of the Ben Motorsville Park and built it from scratch had put in an offer to buy the Supercars Championship uh, for an undisclosed price. Uh, this championship seems like it's up for sale or people are bidding for it continuously. People are trying to, you know, get their, have their say in how the championship is to be run. Um, realistically, I think there's a f- been a few people who are involved in trying to, you know, get involved in the ownership of it. And I think they're all good ideas as long as they have a passion for the sport, which everyone seems to have had. Um, so we'll see where that takes us. But um, I think we'll keep going with the racing. And I think one point other than the fact that how good Boat Brody was this weekend was from what it seems from the outset, it was a return to form for the Mustangs. Um, if Brody hadn't been so dominant, I think we would have been talking about how well Thomas Randall performed this weekend, snagged his first pole, snagged his first uh, solo podium. He got a second and two thirds this weekend, which is fantastic for him, for the Tickford group, his future as well. Um, And then in terms of the rest of the Fords, there were... Um, on average, six Fords finishing in the top 10 over the three races. The first race at six, the second race at five, and the third race at seven. Um, there was also a good variation of all the teams being involved in there. I think the only team that wasn't involved would have been Todd Hazelwood. Um, and then even over the podiums, we saw in the first race, um, Chaz and Tom Randall. The second race, also Chaz and Tom Randall. And the third race, uh Cam Waters and Tom Randall. Um, so some consistency there that they haven't seen at any race events this year, which is hopeful. It's fantastic no matter, no matter which way you look at it, and hopefully it's something that will continue over the next coming races. But there's one point I think this weekend that I think has been has, – was – nailed home and it is Brody Kostecki is the best, best racer in this championship at this point in time and that is a fantastic thing to say over the last couple of years we've had a few years dominated by Scott McLaughlin then we've had a few years dominated by Shane Van Gisbergen and as great as that is it is fantastic to have a sniff of new blood in the water with Feeney coming in, with Will Brown's emergence over the last couple of years, and then now Brody Kostecki's emergence. It is fantastic to have that fresh blood. And of the two Erebus drivers coming into the season, I think he's probably caused a little bit of a surprise um, with just how consistent he has been this year. Um, and all points of reference lead me to believe this. He has been where Will Brown has had enough poor qualifying performances to um, lead me to believe that he hasn't been as consistent as um, 
as uh, Brody. We've seen the same thing with both Triple Eight drivers. Sometimes they qualify really well, and over the same event they'll qualify really poorly, which then puts them in the, you know, in the thick of it at the start of the race. They usually race through it and can snag a top ten, and sometimes even better. But it's you know it's not always so, and sometimes you do get caught up and you you have problems. Um, the same thing with uh, Chaz and Walkinshaw. Also, the same thing with Tickford and well, mainly what has been Cam Waters over the year. Um, but now, with the emergence of Randall, hopefully that continues. But all these guys who we expect to be, you know, the guys who challenge for a championship as the new era has unfolded and teams are trying to get on top of this car, there's only one team and really one driver, even in that team who consistently, you know, has been pulling it out, you know, uh, over the year. And I think after this weekend, and rightly so, he has really grabbed the championship with, you know, a bit more than a fistful with over a hundred points now uh, between him and second place. And that is, something that I think as a championship and as fans, we have, we're going to have to come and reckon with that Erebus and Brody are here to stay and they're here to play. It has been probably not what we had expected, but the way that the, the team has um, adapted to this in, uh, Gen 3 Kamara and the way that Brody has also adapted to this Gen 3 Kamara has been better than everyone else. And that's not saying, that's not even mentioning the fact of how, you know, this forward parity is just in terms of the Kamaras themselves, Brody has been the best. Um, and what is the easiest way to win a championship is to qualify well. And that's, that's what, as we said before, what he has been doing. Um, and to say that it's probably unexpected, I think would be blind of all of us. And, you know, this is including myself. I've never really um, taken the time to really uh, estimate what we had in, in, in Brody Kostecki. I've always probably brushed it under the rug even this year. I think I mentioned that uh, Will Brown would be the lead driver of that team. And whether he's aware of these, and I just I did not expect this from Brody, but all the signs have been there. Last year he was fantastic. They had yes, they had some weak weekends, and he had got involved in a few incidents. But that was all part of the learning curve of a young driver. Um, but coming into this year and looking at how he's learning, how he has sort of finished his childish mistakes of, of that learning curve. He has come in and he's doing a job and he's doing it fantastically. He has um, risen to every sort of fight and taken, you know, he's pretty much bested every battle as well. He's had a few run-ins of SVG at the start of the year, but really he has stolen the wind out of SVG's NASCAR sales, I would have to say. Um, also for Tom Randall, I don't want to, get lost on this. I think we sort of forget the struggle that Tom has had over the last couple of years, his fight with cancer, coming back, being in a in a team that has had one very good driver, but for, to, to get a second driver to be consistent like Cam has been a struggle. Um, and I think Tickford in particular would re really want him to be the driver to, you know, um, 
grab the bull by the horns. He is a, one of their junior drivers, just like Cam was. And to have this kind of weekend where, like he was saying in his press conferences, um, he was able to build from practice to qualifying, from qualifying to race and keep keep a clear, you know, race from the front. So he was always in the clear and was never involved in any silly shenanigans that happened down the back and the ability to push on and, you know, race with the big boys. I think that's going to give him a world of confidence. I think there's been a few questions asked of, you know, how good can he really be or can he really cut it at the front? I know I've, I've, I've asked those questions and, fairly or unfairly just that's just how the, his career has panned out i think this has been a real marker in the ground and i hope i hope that he can really build some momentum from here there have been whisperings about tickford you know um downsizing their operation from four cars to two next year whether uh, i don't know how much weight we should carry into the rumors but there's a saying where there's smoke there's fire i don't think these conversations would mm, you know, be leaking out if there wasn't um, maybe a mustard seed of truth in there. And I think if this is the case, it's important for whatever driver is going to seize the moment to do it now. Um, and I think Randall realistically is probably in the best seat for that. He's, I mean, what for Declan Fraser hasn't had a particularly, hasn't really done much this season at all. Unfortunately, as hard as that is to say, JC's been somewhat consistent. He's brought in a few, he had a pretty decent weekend as well in two of the races, but um, he is on the older side as well. And I think that Randall has the biggest upside for that, you know, out of those three drivers. So to see him put together a really strong weekend is fantastic. Um, other strong weekends, Penrite Racing. Uh, rookie Matt Payne, another Kiwi, banking two top 10 finishes and Davey Reynolds getting one, but also I think being hard done by in the third race of this weekend to get penalised on the penultimate lap for a, for contact between him and Brock Feeney, I think was a bit harsh, but as a team showing a lot uh, better pace, uh, even if we want to say the Mustangs were particularly good this weekend to even have more pace uh, then the uh, Dick Johnson team, I think, goes a long way in terms of showing the strides that they're making. Um, interesting weekend as well for the team to be looking particularly good and also um, sort of let us know that Davey Reynolds would not be racing there next year. But I think also that that might correlate because I think Matt Payne is showing that, you know, he has what it takes and isn't performing particularly worse and in some cases better than Davey Reynolds. Um, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of upside. And to bring in Stanaway is another guy for a lot of upside. I think we've seen what we're going to get from Davey Reynolds um, now. I, don't, I think as good as he can have in some races, I think his best is probably behind him. I don't think he's going to be mounting any championship challenges. And I do think he is still like he's always been susceptible for a bit of a rogue moment. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if that has sort of burnt him as well with the team, but fantastic to see that. I, I love seeing that these middle teams having their moments in the sun. We saw it with, um, well, Team 18 have had a win. We've seen it with uh, Matt Stone Racing as well. And I know this is not a win, but you want teams to be feeling some some momentum, especially going into the enduro season. And I think we really saw that from uh, Penrite Racing this weekend. 
also WAU. Um, probably had the best weekend other than um, Tickford, I suppose. Uh, and it was awesome to see Nick Perkett qualify well. He had a, he still had a few unfortunate moments and some of them not his fault. He had a team uh, pit stop as well that just was way too long. But to get a fourth place in the third race this weekend, I think he raced really well in that race. He's He has unfortunately still been let go from next season. I don't think anyone can, you know, question that. It just hasn't been good enough these last year and a half. I think he's got one podium. Um, he performed pretty well at the Adelaide event last year and then even at the Adelaide event this year. So he does perform well in his home state. And hopefully this is can, can be a springboard for him to try and finish the season with some decent results to you know, hopefully snag a ride for next year or even if a, if a ride doesn't climb at least one of the, the better co-driving roles. Um, I think they, those and, – and Chaz, you know, got a second in the first race, third in the, sec- in the second race, and then to race back from 17th to 9th in race 23 was fantastic, was a bit fortuitous as well with the um, – with the Davidson and um, Feeney incident, which you know sort of promoted him two spots higher, but had a lot of pace and was able to cleanly race through the pack, uh, which was fantastic. So really a great weekend for the Mustangs in general. We'll see how they build from this. There's two days of testing following uh, this race weekend, and we'll see if we'll we'll see what comes from that in terms of building on the parody um but all in all i think from all us mustang fans this year it was a weekend that most of us leave you know or if you're at the track leave happy and if you're watching from home feel satisfied um like i said big broads takes a commanding 100 plus point lead from here and although although it is a sizable you know, chunk of points we are going into enduro season and um, we see points unravel really quickly in enduro season, you know, 300 points up, up for grabs at Bathurst, 300 points up for grabs at the Sandown 500 and then 150, 150 at the Gold Coast on each of those races. It's a very, very unforgiving um, gauntlet of races. However, he and co-driver David Russell have been fantastic in the enduro uh, races over the last two years. Just looking at it, looking at it um, today before this podcast, they pocketed a fourth at Bathurst and then a seventh and a fifth on the streets of the Gold Coast last year. And although Chaz and SVG probably performed better over the, the three races, strong performances like that are not going to lose you 150 pl- so points um and i think going into these these three race weekends there's, there's a month break i'm not you know i'm not really um happy with that but as a team with the confidence and the momentum that erebus is building they're going to go into those you know next three race events pretty confident that they have a they have a driver lineup that can definitely you know challenge for race wins challenge for high results and the um the evidence is there from last year. Um, I know Brody mentioned uh, Dave, uh, 
David Russell in the press conference as well yesterday in return in, in terms of um, how good of a co-driver he was. He's got two days in the car this week, like all the other test drivers have. Um, and really it's going to be important for all those drivers to try and learn as much as they can from the cars for the teams to learn as much as they can so that they can hit the ground running. It is a, it's a month break until Sandown. Um, but what we've seen at most race weekends this year is that the teams that hit the ground running uh, usually perform well for the whole weekend. Like the teams who rock up and their car is pretty close to where they want to run it uh, don't usually lose that performance. It's the teams that are struggling when they get there usually struggle to actually find that performance. Um, and then just looking at probably – We'll probably leave that there on that. But then looking ahead to the future, I think one thing that this year has okay, – this came to me just with the break that we have between now and Sandown, which is about a month. Cannot wait for next year adding two more events to this calendar because a four-week break leading into the enduro season I just feel is way too long. You know, it is way too long for – um, teams and oh, probably not for the teams themselves, but for the sport um, to sort of have nothing going on. And also, I think it's way too long for the fans because whatever momentum you've built, um, that massive break just kills it. I mean, it's not like it's not like we have one in the middle of the elite in the middle of the year, like the Formula One do when they have like their mid season break. A four week break is. Unfortunately, too common in this sport. Um, so I came up with a few ideas that I know no one's going to listen to, but I thought I'd share them anyway um, to make the schedule a little bit fuller and a little bit more competitive. Um, I think first and foremost, the enduro season should be four races. Uh, we've got one one in New South Wales, which is Bathurst. We've got Sandown, which is in Victoria. We've got the Gold Coast 600, which is in Queensland. And I think we should take one to New Zealand. I was thinking, should we have one in South Australia uh, or Western Australia? And I probably thought, probably not. The um, Adelaide 500 is a... Is, a strong enough event anyway, and we already have two events in Adelaide as it is. Um, but I think the people of New Zealand deserve two race weekends, no matter what. And if we're going there anyway, why not have one sprint round when, when we go to New Zealand and then week or have a week off and then do a endurance round to kick off the enduro season, enduro season and then, you know, when we come back uh, Australia side, we can just continue from there. So we'll have a two or three week break or probably two week break. Um, but I think it's something that has to happen. The people, There's too much uh, New Zealand bloodline in the sport and that, you know, too many drivers as well. Like there are so, so many of the good drivers are New Zealanders. Why would we rob, you know, that history from our sport and not give them their own, you know, their own endurance race that they can build a history for? The new track, um, which I said before, was on the North Island, Taupo uh, Motorsport Park, uh, is, a, is, I think, a fantastic addition, but I still don't think it's enough. And 
what I would like to see is I'd like to see a track like Highlands Motorsport Park used, which is from the South Island. So we have one event from the North Island, one event from the South Island, whichever one you want to use as the track for the um, endurance event, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too fast. Looking at it, I'd probably say Taupo might be a little bit better for that. Um, I mean, we run an endurance race around a horse um, track, so both of those tracks have a bit more character than the Sandown 500 does, and that's still a fantastic race. Um, I don't want to hear issue, like the issue that it's a monetary thing that why we're not doing it because I'm sure if you built it up properly, you could build it into an event that you would you know you would get your money back. We're trying to as a sport, you're always trying to get new fans, and what better way? to get new fans and, you know, build an event that is, you know, worth of a fan's attention, number one, and it's going to, you know, grab the minds of young fans as well, take a race to each island. It's, it's not – I don't think that's a rocket science idea. And even if it wasn't to be a, um endurance race, I still think it's imperative that we have two races in New Zealand, if not three. They've got so many awesome tracks out in New Zealand, better than some of the tracks we race on here. And to not utilize them, I think is a crime. You know, you've got Taupo looks like amazing track. I know uh, Hampton Downs is an amazing track. Highlands is an amazing track. We need more race weekends as it is. It's that simple. Um, So to reach more fans, why not take a second round there? We're, We're already taking the circus there. And to take them there for one week doesn't seem to add out. So let's, you know, let's make it worthwhile going to New Zealand. Um, I think over the coming weeks, we're going to hear a bit more news about the silly season, how it unfolds. I would not be surprised if we got a few more driver moves nailed down before Sandown. Um, I know that there's, there's been whispers that the walk insurance seat is up between Ryan Wood, their Super 2 driver, and Fabian Coulthard. Uh, me, I personally would like to see Ryan Wood put in there. I just think that um, getting these young guys in, you know, it's going to, or you're always going to have growing pains. But when you look at the upside of, you know, drivers like Matt Payne this year, we've seen, you know, moments of, you know, flashes of brilliance from Cam Hill. We, um, ironically enough, we saw uh, Fullwood come into the championship a couple of years ago. And I think since he's moved to Brad Jones Racing, we've seen, you know, some real flashes of growth. Um, so putting a few more of these young guys in there and giving them a chance, I think is fantastic. And I hope that the steps that we do see is a bit more of that rather than recycling the drivers that are already in the championship. Um, And I think as well, we might see a little bit more movement or information about how the um, racing entitlements are going to be worked out. I think we'll get some ideas about what's happening of Tickford before CNN as well. A month is a long time. I think we'll leave it there. So thanks once again for joining the Race Along podcast. Let me know if you like this single, uh, this solo format. Um, I thought I thought it would work well for getting out the information that we wanted without bickering and um, sort of losing points in our conversation. Um, if you if you didn't enjoy it, like and subscribe. Uh, keep subscribing on the YouTube channel because that's been growing quite consistently as of recently and have a fantastic week.